0: Media.
1: Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule WSL edition. It's Kate Borset and Lindsay Hooper back with you here to get stuck into the week that saw... A title race that just keeps getting better and better.
0: Another big stadium tussle on the cards in the WSL and the announcement of the imminent departure of Manchester City's Nick Cushing as he takes on a new challenge across the pond.
1: Joining us on today's show, something tells me that this woman is going to be able to tell us a thing or two about a certain new Aussie at King's Meadow. She's on Sam Kerr Watch, I think pretty much every day at the moment. A former Matilda turned women's football TV producer, a reporter as well for Optus Sport. Where does it end, Alicia Ferguson?
2: It doesn't end. I'm jack of all trades and master of none, Lindsay. Ah, <laughs> no, know you're a master of all of them, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Welcome to the show, Alicia. It's great to have you with
0: us. And also a different perspective on things as well, because it's nice to get out of mm. our media sometimes and speak to people working for other broadcasters. I, I know you do a lot of work within world soccer as well. And of course, Aussie on Aussie, <laughs> Action. Alicia on Sam. You were at Kings Meadow, weren't you? And actually have been for the last two weekends.
2: Yeah, basically I am on Sam Kerrwatch. Um, it was huge news back in Australia, as it was here, that she signed for Chelsea, one of the biggest clubs in the world. So they've had me following her in the games. Uh, she was a little bit sick yesterday, so I only played the, uh, the second half, but um, I'm there on Wednesday for the Conti Cup quarterfinal and I'm there again on Sunday for the game against Arsenal. Brilliant. Now, I'm
1: guessing that the Conti Cup call-up might be because first goal for Chelsea, that's what everybody's waiting for.
2: That's it, her debut goal. I mean, I would like to even, you know, like to go down maybe the debut goal for the WSL rather than Conti Cup, but I'm on Sam Kerr watch, <gasps> so where they send me, Preference. where Sam Kerr is, I Preference. will be there.
0: Um, how long can Sam Kerr go without scoring? Not and, too long. She is still had, be respectable?
2: <laughs> she, she has had some really good chances to score in the game last weekend and this weekend. I think, some really clear-cut chances, she'll probably be a little bit disappointed where she maybe not, if she wasn't so nervous or just getting into the flow of the game, she would have put those away. So she's not far off.
1: We did try and put that in perspective as well last week with Kieran Taven mm. about the fact that she'd flown over, pretty much gone straight in. Mm. There'd been quite a few sickness bugs and illnesses around camp. So she she actually got more time than I think she thought she would in her first ever match. But that that relationship that was developing with Bethany England was really promising.
2: It was exciting, like that That really out of that game, that's what excited me the most that came out of it. And I think even just because we've seen formations go 4-3-3 for so long, it's actually nice to see playing with the two up front and strikers. And I think both Beth and Sam will really appreciate that. I think at the World Cup for the Matildas, Sam tended to get a little bit isolated in a front three and she used to switch with Caitlin Ford so she could get out wide, so she could get the ball a bit more. But even just that first game with her and Beth, I I think that's Mm, going to be a dangerous, yeah, it's a dangerous partnership. Well, more from Chelsea and
0: actually Caitlin Ford news coming up later on in the show. In the meantime, let's get to it. Let's start with this one. Saturday's only fixture, which
1: saw Manchester City beat Everton 3-1. And this lady just cannot stop scoring.
3: It's a really good pass. And Braem wakes in the middle. Bremer
1: does what Bremer does best well there is a striker
2: in the finest of four.
1: Yes, Paulina Bremer. That's how we're saying it from now on. Everyone <laughs> says it different. <laughs> Paulina. You know Paulina. I
2: mean, I'm Australian, so it'd be Pauline. <laughs> really <laughs> bad. Too. Pauline. 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 Pauline we just go
1: with whatever. Bremer. Uh, she struck twice for the second game running. Nine goals in eight games for her. There was one as well for Gemma Bonner. Good to see her scoring. And just when City thought they might have got the better of Arsenal to go top of the WSL, albeit briefly, on goal difference on Saturday night, there was an own goal from Georgia Stanway. So that didn't happen quite straightforward here there's a bigger topic for us to discuss around Manchester City and Nick Cushing in a second but in terms of the match 3-1 beating Everton as expected
2: yeah I think as expected I think City probably could have had a couple more goals actually towards the end of the game and Bremer also had a fantastic she had a bicycle kick that hit the crossbar so that she was unlucky she was absolutely on fire her second goal was absolute quality she just spanked it into the top corner but um, I just think City at this stage of the season I still think they're kind of flying under the radar no one's really talking about them. It's all about Chelsea and Arsenal and they're still they're still like just tracking along quite nicely, which is a nice place to be.
0: Lindsay, this is why we've got an Aussie on the podcast, the only person who can get away with saying spanking. I know, I loved it.
2: <laughs> I just wish we still had those adverts for heist
1: we had to mention. That would have been seamless. Um, let's talk about someone else who's going slightly under the radar. I might be being a little bit harsh here because she's definitely in form, but when you've got Bremer doing so well, suddenly the discussions about Ellen White aren't as As
0: prevalent. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she had um, a shot which hit the post, so she wasn't absent in this game. I just think that it was Paulina Bremer's game, basically. She Mm. displayed, once again, how important she is to that City side. And in an unexpected way, before the season began, obviously she was coming back from long-term injury, we didn't expect this, and so it's great to see her as a real part of this City side. City registered 24 shots during the game, and as Alicia said, could well have ruled their chances for a few more. Quick mention for Lauren Hemp, who had a part in um, both those goals. Not a great game really for Georgia Stanway. City I mean yes, a little bit flat perhaps mm. and I just wonder whether the managerial news is going to give them a bit of a push forward. Let's go on to that managerial news in a moment. First though, just just
1: to answer and put you on the spot with something that you said Alicia, mm. why do you think Manchester City aren't being talked about mm. as much as Chelsea and Arsenal? Why are they going under the radar?
2: Well I think Arsenal have one of the best strikers that we've seen in this league, in Midamar, and also they're scoring goals for fun. She's scoring goals for fun. So the focus is on there. And then also I think Chelsea, the big news they haven't won a couple of they haven't won trophies in a couple of years. I think Beth England's been a really good addition to Chelsea. She's playing really well. So I think it's like them trying to push to get back and actually challenge for trophies. And I just think Man City they haven't made any huge signings over the last couple of seasons. I know Ellen White came back in and Ellen's a well-sophisticated player, but I just feel like people have just kind of forgotten about them. They're not as big in the news anymore, are they? Do you know what?
0: It's interesting because had Ellen White come back and started the season without injury, mm. I think we could have been talking perhaps about a different Manchester City. I don't want to pin it on her, but during the summer we were talking about Ellen White. She was one of the hotly anticipated players for this season she shared the most number of goals she didn't get the actual golden boot of course mm. but she shared the most mm. goals at the World Cup with rapino and Alex Morgan so really everything was set for this to be Ellen White's mega season and the season for her just obviously started with a little bit um mm. topsy-turvy in terms of her coming back from injury so it's 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 interesting because before the season I think we all thought we were going to be talking about Ellen White. Well, perhaps this is all part and parcel to do with Nick Cushing now moving on because let's come on to that.
1: It was his penultimate home league game in charge because the big news coming out of Manchester City in the last seven days was announced last Thursday with him departing after more than six years in charge. He's going to the MLS to take up a role in men's football as assistant manager
2: for New York City. And I do
1: wonder, do you think this has been prompted for the fact that he probably has taken them as far as he can?
2: Yeah, I think he's been there for a while and I think they've definitely, hit a bit of a plateau over the last couple of seasons and you know I think it's nice they're still playing well they're still challenging for the title but I think it's also nice to freshen things up Nick came from the men's game through the academy at Manchester City so he's going back into the men's game uh in the MLS so I think it's probably the right time for him to move on and allow someone else a a fresh start maybe to freshen the players up
0: Lindsay, you've seen Nick Cushing for the entirety of his career, having covered Mm, women's football and at league level since the very start. Steph Horton said no better coach in her career than Nick Cushing. What's your assessment of his contribution to the WSL? I think it's been
1: huge. And and the fact that on a player to player level, people speak so highly of him. You can tell that that man management is is really key with him or player management, as we've probably should be calling it. I think he has bought the best out of quite a number of players and he's also bought players through that youth system and we talk about Manchester City liking to build from within he was the perfect person for doing that and it felt like a bit of a family Um, I remember when they were at the absolute top of their game, everything was just clicking but everyone was in that together they were fighting for him and I don't care whether it's men's football or women's football it is so difficult to keep players motivated for over six years and to be able to have done that and there's still in this title race this season, I think is credit to him. And the fact that he is a meticulous trainer Um, and that's the impression that I get from a lot of the more senior players that I've spoken to about him is that his training and the way that he keeps them fresh Mm. on a a day-to-day basis behind the scenes that we don't see all the time in matches is what keeps him going and he's never lost that
0: passion for it. And he's a great example of how if you back one man or one woman a manager it can really pay off. Certainly I was asking questions about who he was and what his background was at the start of the WSL and he's proved himself time and time again in that he. He's had the responsibility of from the off creating a title winning side because that was his remit. Manchester City went into women's football and they went in big and they went in to win and he met that brief. And the club itself grew around him and with him. So it's going to be an interesting
1: appointment next. I mean, who do you see being a potential contender?
2: I think it's so difficult because if you look at the options for people in women's football at this level, they're already in jobs. So unless there's someone that's sneaking up behind that we don't really know, an assistant coach somewhere. But you know, the philosophy of Manchester City generally is to promote from within. Mm. So whether they've got it would be great. Like I'm always pushing more female coaches. You know, even yesterday at Kings Meadow, it's nice seeing Tanya Ox and Emma Hayes standing side by side. And we need more of that. And whether Manchester City have have that in their academy that they can build someone and bring someone through, I'm not too sure. But I tell you what, there'd be plenty of people putting their hand up for it. What a great job.
0: I put my hat in for Willie Kirk on social media because I think Another <laughs> job for him to, to try. <laughs> I just, I just like, I, I like the fit of Willie Kirk at Manchester City. Do you? Yeah, I do actually because I just think he's fairly young. He's, he's actually pretty progressive in his training regimes the players like him oh, as well you know
1: I think that's too early I, I think he needs to be proven at Everton first because he's had a couple of other jobs within the WSL mm. and they weren't they weren't really that successful in terms of if you look at the teams they were either relegated or fighting relegation he's onto something
0: good here let's see how he goes let's see how he goes but yeah. I don't think it's probably just right I saw a yet. tweet saying anyone but Karine Diacre the French manager <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's nice but it is interesting and cue her signing but <laughs>
0: But do we then look at, as you've intimated, Alicia, perhaps looking at some of those women's soccer coaches to just to see if any of them are coming to the end of their contract and, and would they be
2: interested? I think plenty of people would be interested. Why would you not want to coach Manchester City women? They've got the facilities, they've got the infrastructure, they've got—it's a one club mentality. Yeah, there would be plenty of people putting their hand up. Okay, so us that link. Uh, yeah, no, I know, Jill Alex. I know where you're going with this, she? Possibly. I look, so. look, possibly. Okay. I mean, what's what's Jill up to now? She's still a coach. I, I, I. Think Jill Ellis would be that I uh, would not surprise me in the least, and she could get back to the day to day coaching, she's had success at that level. Uh, where else is Jill Ellis going to go? She it needs to be a big job, doesn't it? It mm. needs to be a big club. I mean, there was talk, wasn't she possibly going to be the coach of Miami, like David Beckham's new team? Did you not hear that rumor? No, I didn't I did. hear that rumor, <laughs> so I heard that rumor a Alicia's probably... making up rumors, <laughs> <isn't> <laughs> <it>? <laughs> any, get any news to get closer it. to David Beckham, so, so, yeah. <laughs> This is the Offside Rule WSL edition from Muddy Knees Media.
0: Let's move on to Sunday's fixtures. Then Chelsea came from behind to celebrate Emma Hayes' 200th game in charge with a stomping 6-1 victory against Bristol City. Uh, Ebony Salmon, uh, who put the visitors in front, but a fine Chelsea performance with braces for Beth England and G meant that Bristol were licking their wounds at the final whistle. You were at the game this weekend. Give us your rundown.
2: Yeah, look, um, it was all one way traffic, I think, and and Tanya Oxby, I spoke to her before the game, knew that they're they're struggling with injuries and illness, and they are. I mean, not just struggling. Well, every I are, think every club is. I mean, yeah. every club seems to have picked up a virus, some type of like flu. She said before
0: the game, she's, that the squad have only got one recognised midfield
2: player. Absolutely, yeah, and she she when I I did a feature with her um, probably just before Christmas, and she was just saying, you know, the club are now behind her saying it's we can't get relegated but it's got to this point where they weren't able to invest in players in the summer and now it's kind of coming back to bite them a little bit now they're trying to get some players in January but obviously that becomes difficult when you're trying to sign players and you've just been beaten um 11-1 by Arsenal and then 6-1 by Chelsea you know who are you gonna but they need more depth in that squad and they're doing really well it was a shame because they were they were holding out Chelsea they're under lots of pressure but there was a period of 10 15 minutes in just before half time where they just capitulated a little bit and then it was all it was always going to be difficult for them in the second half but you know this is this is the league now you have to you can't just compete on the pitch you have to actually start competing with the investment in these yeah. teams and players as well
1: can confirm that there is a pending signing coming in at Bristol City I can't reveal what it is because I've been told that um we'll get you some quotes if and when needed but
2: there's an incoming Well see um, I know that as well because I spoke to 10 years yeah, yesterday There so. you go so we both know the same thing
1: I was just but, about
0: to Lord Lindsay's burner phone there, receiving all the illicit transfer news But I was
1: i was just going to say that we will bring more transfer news next yeah. week because I think every week at the moment there probably isn't enough so we'll group it together next week and do a bit of a, more of an update
0: So tough for Bristol City just to note the other scorers for Chelsea were Hannah Blundell and Jess Carter and we've talked about Sam Kerr really and how long it might be before we wait until we get a goal from her but just really only positive from you and from the folks back home in Australia about her move to Chelsea and about the prospects of it I suppose. Yeah
2: absolutely and I think it's it's great for the Matildas team as well. Sam's our captain probably I mean she was great for us in a quite mediocre World Cup I think performance wise from the Australians but she still came up with goals and I think coming over to the WSL is going to improve some areas of her game that She hasn't had to work on so much, bringing people into play, a first touch, combination play, because a lot of it's been balls in behind, a lot of space, and she's got plenty of pace to burn and scoring goals like that. So I think um, it's just going to build her maturity Mm. as a footballer and her sophistication as well. Do you
1: think this has opened a gateway to more Aussies coming over to WSL? And is the WSL more of an attraction now than the league in in Australia is.
2: Yeah, it is because our league in Australia, unfortunately, since its inception in 2009, I don't think it's really progressed the way it should have. It's a short season. It's over summer. So it's only a 10-week season. And historically, when the WSL was on the opposite season, it was great. So we could kind of get the offshoot of some of the players coming over here. But again, I think just quality and as a professional footballer now, which all the girls are, this is the place to be. You know, it's not just the opportunity to play for big clubs. It's the FA Cup. It's playing in the Champions League and that opportunity as well and, and the depth and the quality of the league.
1: My final question surrounding Sam Kerr is,
2: because
1: <laughs> we're just going to keep going, it's part two, isn't it? is not it? Is she the closest we've got to equality in the game because you look at the Matildas and the way that the Socceroos are treated equally to the Matildas now aren't they yeah just confirm that for me yeah no
2: that's after a big fight but yeah yeah. Yeah. we won won. it was great (laughs) the sort of money and contract
1: that we were talking with Chelsea Hmm. I mean is she the first one is she the one that can say actually this is as lucrative as you can be being a male player in the game
2: um, that'd be interesting because I think you know some of the players at Leon are, are doing pretty mm. well as well I mean I can't I'm not sure exactly what their contracts but on, are on their
1: on their national teams are they oh on doing their national well? teams
2: yeah absolutely she's uh, the
1: one she's the one I'd want to be basically is what yeah. I'm telling you if there was
0: anyone I'd want to be it's Sam Kerr not well, not just you, because of the money motivation
1: but because she's Australian out. is that what you want
2: yeah, you want yeah, to be Aussie yeah. the green and gold
0: yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is Lindsay speculating as to whether there's any Australian in her background or not yeah. <laughs> can I get the passport <laughs> (laughs) Any passport would be good right now, wouldn't it? (laughs) Um, let's move to a bit of news Chelsea news away from the game Uh, Chelsea in England forward to Fran Kirby she posted this on social media didn't didn't she last Mm. week said she's lacked the energy to even get off the sofa this is because of a virus that's kept her out for six weeks there are some humdingers going round by the way that are flooring people for six to eight weeks
2: Mm. she
0: said she haven't, haven't had much to smile about in the last six weeks and haven't had much energy to even get off the sofa and go and make myself some food what do you make of this?
2: I mean, it's a shame. There has been some terrible yeah. viruses going around, and um, she's had a,
0: a, you know, a really tough season. Yeah. And and I think she 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 probably felt the need to just come out and say, well, this is what's been going on for me.
2: Absolutely, rather um, than people speculating about it as well. And I think yeah, probably for her, it's quite difficult. You know, now everyone's talking about someone else signing for Chelsea, which mm-hmm. means if she's not well and trying to get back into the team, and you know, all that kind of stuff. I always say the emotional side of players and physically, you know, emotionally if if something's on players' minds, they tend to get injured more. You look yes. at Liverpool men at the moment, there's no injuries in that team because they're all loving yeah, life, flying they're happy so and they just true, don't get it? injured. Mm. But as a player, when you're feeling a bit, when something's going on that's not quite right in your personal life, you tend to pick up more injuries and I don't know, maybe that's just a lot of pressure and obviously, look, it sounds like she's got a horrendous virus anyway, but it's like it can always be an accumulation of things too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: OK, well, we wish Frank Kirby the best. I thought we were going to get a doctor on
2: for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Ferguson. (laughs) Tell us about this
1: virus. Next up, let's go into Arsenal's match against Brighton. They were away for this one and they restored their three-point lead at the top of the WSL with a straightforward win. They recorded their eighth consecutive win in the process. This is a team in form. Danielle van der Donk scored with the first shot of the game. Jill Roard, Jordan Knobbs, and Beth Mead were the other goal scorers First of all, let's talk about Beth Mead returning. So she got the final goal of this game, um, had been injured and straight picking up where she left off.
2: Yeah, I think you have to win this Arsenal team, though. They're so stacked with quality and they've got so much depth that if you don't come back and actually make an impact, then, you know, there's a possibility that you won't get back into the team. So I think I'm sure her motivation was extremely high and great for her to get a goal.
1: I didn't expect Brighton to win this by any stretch. I didn't expect them to even get a draw. But what I think, as Hope pal that you probably do want from them is to improve on the scoreline from last time. So in September, they lost by exactly the same scoreline, 4-0 is that disappointing when you're in that team Alicia and you're playing and you're one of those players is that what you're setting yourself when you know you're going up against one of the big guns but let's try and limit it and improve on last performance
2: you don't tend to look back at your last performance to get a particular team because it's so far gone that so many things change and there's so many variables when you actually play them again so it's it's kind of as a football, it's like a week to week proposition basically you don't look too far ahead and you don't look too far mm. backwards if there's a loss and I think they would have been disappointed to concede for but you know like it's like Bristol it's against Chelsea yeah. It's like these are great teams These are good teams We can't take away that These teams are playing fantastic football And they're really difficult to contain Do you know Hope
0: Powell said after the game They're just a better team than us
2: yes. <laughs> I just thought, well yeah honest okay It's, you it's know, true it's as simple as that Sometimes you just need to go Yeah they're much better I'm not surprised she just went, eh, yeah, I'll And say.
1: players grabbing our attention this season, if you were to list all the, all the names, certainly mm. in the top five would be Leah Williamson. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I thought this was another game where she shone. But let's, for a second, just talk about the freedom that Joe Montemore started to give her. Because, yes, she's a defender. She can play in that holding midfield role. But in terms of the passes that she started picking out, that's because she's been given the space to mm. by having the backup. But also, she, you can tell she's been encouraged now yeah. to go forward more. And she's really reaping the benefits from it.
2: The thing is, I think Leah always, like, she used to frustrate me so much because she she always had the potential. And I think she did have that freedom to actually step in and step in from the back line or go forward. But she was just making the wrong decisions at critical points. And she used to get herself into a little bit of trouble trying to do too much. And I think probably over the last couple of seasons, obviously, Joe's had a good impact on her. And it's making, it's not about what she's been doing. It's just when she's been doing it because mm. she's been doing similar stuff but now she's doing it at the right time when when she's not under as much pressure and and I think that shows her maturity as a footballer
0: by the way still no goal from Viv Medema in 2020
2: what what is going on <laughs> what do you mean the whole, what, what is games? going on Hello right transfer window get her out get you're someone on, else in you're on Sam Kerr watch yeah, exactly i'm on Viv Miedemar, watch yeah i love viv meanwhile <laughs>
1: And on that note, spoiler alert, who do you think got the WSL PFA Player of the Month for December? Oh, who
2: could it be? Ooh. It be Ten goals, four assists. The flying Dutch woman. Yes, has
1: to exactly. Be. Don't rule her out for January just yet, Kate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to our next game. Breaking news this morning that Reading FC women are pleased to announce that Farrell Williams um, has added an additional year to her contract, keeping her with the club until June 2021. Is she the bionic woman? <laughs> well, she's about to be 36.
2: Wow, well done, Farrell. So she's going to be there until <laughs> we'll she's played 30, 37. So,
1: the thing that I find most impressive about her is that currently in this Reading side, she is leading that team. She is the player that is pulling them up. She's actually the game changer as well. In in some of the results have been, have been down to her and individual moments. I know it's a team game, but you, you often have these players.
2: Yeah, but you need the player like Farrah, like every team. And it's so difficult to find a leader. You can't just develop leaders. You can develop footballers. and But having that natural leadership ability and to back that up, the quality that Farah has as a footballer, I'd have her in my team every day of the yeah, week. Yeah,
1: and at this point of her career, she could go to a team and hide a bit, couldn't she? Because everything goes through her anyway. She would be that player that... You, she certainly wouldn't be missing in terms of performance because you go out, everything's gone through her. But having to now also mm. produce those individual moments... Yes. But that's not Farrah, time. though.
2: Farrah, Farrah definitely... That's the reason why, obviously, she wasn't playing as much as Arsenal, but she didn't just want to be someone who sat on the bench and could contribute sometimes. Farah wants to be in the thick of it, wants to be influential and wants to be a leader week in, week out.
0: Let's go through the game then. Reading claimed a 1-0 home victory over Birmingham thanks to a clever lob from Amelie Ekeland. The Norway International scored the only goal in the 39th minute when she took a touch to bring down a high ball before lobbing goalkeeper Hannah Hampton from the edge of the box. That's Reading's fifth victory of the season, lifting them up to fourth in the the table, a seventh defeat of the season, though, for Birmingham. Lindsay, what do you think about this one?
1: I think it went as expected, really. I thought that Reading would probably narrowly edge it. I think Birmingham need a result from somewhere and not just a draw. They need a win just to lift everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. seven defeats in this season isn't looking good, is it?
2: No, and it's a slippery slope, I think, as other teams now can see that there's an opportunity to leapfrog them. You know, you think of the Bristol's who are struggling and the Liverpool's and all the rest of it. Yeah, it doesn't take too many bad results before you find yourself Mm. towards the bottom of the table.
0: They are, though, investing in youth, and we know that. And, of course, they've had no choice but to do so. Here's a great Birmingham stat from Women's Football Journal Sophie Lawson last week before the game. Uh, This is that Birmingham City have given teenagers 1,286 minutes in the WSL this season, the most of any side in the competition. What have we got for you next? Now it's Mitchell who goes for a shot, and this time it's in! A wonderful strike! So, left.
1: You've just heard there the goal of new Spurs loan signing Emma Mitchell. We only spoke about her last week. Uh, Great start for her over in the other side of North London after signing from Arsenal this January transfer window. Uh, There were some last gasp dramas as well. Kenza Dali equalised for West Ham on 90 minutes. But Spurs, who were the more assertive in the second half, pushed hard to get back in front. Uh, They were rewarded with a header from Rihanna Dean to make it 2-1 to Spurs at full time. Uh, They kept pressing, they kept going, and they got rewarded, didn't they, for not giving up?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I just think, you know, again, great for the league that teams like Spurs are they are in fifth position. You know, these teams that have just come up into the league are holding their own. And I think it's fantastic, you know, to have a big club, even though I'm an Arsenal fan, um like Spurs in the WSL. Yeah.
1: And Matt Beard, I mean, he summed that up. But they wanted it more than us mm. today is what he said post-match.
0: Yeah, similar to what he said when they last played each other. Yeah, I think... He needs to look at this West Ham team and, 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 and look at why he's coming out afterwards and saying they wanted it more than us today. We've discussed it before, I know, and I'm sure that we'll discuss it again. But um still lots of work to be done there at West Ham. Final game of the weekend was postponed. Liverpool, Manchester United, um, set to be a great tussle, but a
1: waterlogged. I, I had pitch. to I
0: had to smile at that because you remember Emma Hayes, what she said about that
1: pitch.
2: Well, yes. <laughs> and then it was waterlogged and postponed. Yeah, everyone having a go-a, massive go at Yeah, and Emma Hayes calling, calling Brenton
0: Park the worst <laughs> pitch in the WSL. But postponements and general there's been at least one per week over the last three match weekends And have they
2: all been there? I mean usually it's up north isn't it because of the just inclement weather have yes. most of them been up there as well Because fi- a couple. is
1: the finer point of this a little bit touching on what Casey Stoney was saying about when she was asked about VAR being introduced to the game <laughs> and she said look there's more pressing things to spend the money on right now does that start with the pitches in yeah. some cases
2: yeah I think so I think, but I think across the board though The quality of pitches, you know, Kings Meadow, fantastic, Boreham Wood, the quality of pitches isn't too bad, okay? You're going to get one or two and because the men's games are still being played on them, at this time of the season, if there's heavy rain and stuff Mm. like that, you can't kind of, you know, it takes a lot of money to invest in a a fantastic, well-drained pitch. So, I don't know, it's just kind of part and parcel of the game, I think.
1: In this next section, we're going to talk FA Cup draw. And what we thought we'd do is get on the phone, Tom Gary, friend of the podcast, because a couple of investigations that he's been doing around the FA Cup, first of all, before we get onto the draw itself, to do with the prize money. Hello, Tom.
3: Hello, everybody. How Hi, are Tom. you all?
1: Very well, thank you. Can we start with this that you, you unearthed about the prize money and just explain for anyone who has been under a rock and missed what you found?
3: Yes, well, it's actually the same as last season, I think, which caught many people by surprise. But essentially, the women's FA Cup's prize money pot is uh, more than 100 times smaller than the men's FA Cup prize money pot, which um, for many in the women's game has been quite shocking. I suppose more shocking was that actually the men's non-league cup competitions, the, the FA Trophy and the FA Vars, also both get more prize money for their winners than the women's FA Cup winners will do uh, at Wembley. The women's FA Cup winners will pick up £25,000 compared to uh, mm. 30000 for the FA Vars, 60000 for the FA Trophy and, of course, £3.6 for the men's FA Cup. So um, it's still like the women's competition is still lagging quite a long way behind uh, some other domestic cup competitions in this country, for sure.
0: What have the FA said about it to you, Tom?
3: Well, the FA have defended their investment in the, in the women's game. They've put in over £18 million pounds into the game plan for growth uh, a campaign that they've been running for the last couple of years uh, and they say that essentially the men's FA Cup, sponsored by Emirates, is is their biggest revenue source of income uh, and bringing in over £200 million So that enables them to invest it in, 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 in you know the grassroots football around the country that they're essentially saying that the, the prize money is driven by the amount of revenue that the competition generates and of course, Course. at the moment the Women's FA Cup doesn't actually have a sponsor they're still as I understand it's still searching for a new sponsor after SSE's contract ended last summer
0: right okay so not good times ahead for that and and, and we know something as well as you do Tom about trying to find a sponsor but we will we <laughs> I know were... that you're experiencing that yes. too with your Tom, Women's Year Tom's handbook excellent and... Women's Football handbook still without a sponsor as are we but on we go um, let's talk about encouraging things though and the draw there are some tasty ties aren't there pick us one one that has particularly caught your eye, Tom.
3: Well, you'll forgive me for saying that the Manchester derby was the standout tie straight away. But actually, I'm actually I'm a bit of a cup romantic, and I love the idea of a lower league team taking on top-flight opposition. So the one that caught my eye was uh, Tottenham of the WSL at home to Barnsley, who are flying in the fourth division, top <laughs> of the uh, <laughs> w- Women's let me get this right: Women's National League, Division One Northern League. Uh, so that's sort of, the, there's four regions in the fourth tier and they're top of, uh, of the north version of that. Uh, and doing very well indeed. So that would be interesting to see how they get on because for those of us who cover the Women's Super League every Sunday, you can't really go and see any lower league women's football because it all happens at the same time. <laughs> And there's so little television coverage or highlights of those leagues. So we're fascinated to see how they get on. And uh, Biliriki, of course, also the fourth tier. They're the lowest team left and they're away to Lewis. So uh, it could be a really yeah, nice yeah a really interesting Sunday.
1: And finally, just some, some breaking news as well coming about the She Believes Cup. I know that we've got to let you go to go and write about this, but just talk us through what, what's been announced.
3: Yeah, so the FA confirming today that uh, England will defend their title, as we expected them to do in March at the Shiba Cup, and they're going to take on the United States, Japan and Spain. Spain are a new team to the competition. Uh, We originally saw the Shiba Cup as being the USA, Germany, France and England for quite a long time. Last year, that changed with Japan and Brazil coming in, and this year, it's Japan and Spain. So uh, a match for England against Spain come after the, their first game against the United States and the, a game against Japan in the middle. So three fierce opponents yes. for England there. Spain were one of the sides who impressed in the World Cup last summer and they actually ran the USA very closely in the last 16. So their game will be interesting to see again.
0: That's Tom Gary of BBC Sports and uh, the uh, co-writer of the Women's Football Yearbook, along with Chris Slegg. Those games, by the way, the She Believes Cup take place on the 5th, 8th and 11th of March. Shall we come back, first of all, then, to the FA Cup draw?
1: Because Tom picked out his standouts. Alicia, I know you've got the draw in front of you as well. Uh, what's caught your eye?
2: I actually think Sheffield United versus Birmingham might be quite a tasty little affair there. I think that's, you know, like a, similar to Tom, you know, seeing some of those lower league teams, I think... Would be quite interesting getting them through to the next round. I mean, obviously, the Manchester derby is the big one, isn't it? But yeah, you've sure. got
1: an all London tie as well with the West Ham Arsenal yeah. fixture. I've got to say that my eye immediately was drawn right at the bottom to Aston Villa against Brighton mm, yeah. because I've got big hopes for Aston Villa.
0: Well, they're doing very well, <laughs> they, they look brilliant right,
1: they? in they're the championship, right. and I think that they, they will beat Brighton. I really do think there's upset there's potential, potential there
2: yeah absolutely absolutely I mean I haven't seen too much of Villa this season but we'll hopefully on my Sam Kerr watch see them on uh, Wednesday night <laughs> they
1: are my tip right what what date is it it's 2020 anyway it's January I'm saying Aston Villa are going to be a top five side in, of the future
0: okay in the, on I,
1: this podcast in Lovely. the WSL yeah in the WSL wow okay,
0: okay. big things um, I have picked out um, another London derby Charlton versus Chelsea mm. 26th of January at the Oakwood Tenner for adults 5 pounds for children I'm going to be at this one. I'm dragging my family there too. Who will um, you be supporting? Well, come on. <laughs> yeah, so you go it. to Kings Meadow most this of the time and you go it. for Chelsea but Charlton's your local team. Charlton is my local team and look they are doing so badly at the championship. They are at, they are at, at the bottom. <laughs> They've not managed to win a game. All oh, season. That means that that's who she's going just, for. she okay, loves an underdog. <laughs> just six draws um, for Charlton. Um, so look maybe not under the best circumstances in, in terms of Charlton's form at the moment but I'm going to be at that game. I certainly am. Uh, another one to pick out if we're looking at potential um, and that's Durham third in the championship uh, against Bristol City, potential upset there. Uh, you've mentioned Sheffield United, Birmingham, London City, Lionesses, uh, mm-hmm. London City fourth in the championship up against uh, Reading. Reading yeah. Look, I know we all get exasperated about the prize money and I'm sure that is going to be something that
1: Tom has to write about every year because it's not going to be addressed in terms of that huge gap 100 times more in the men's game for some time. But the thing that we can talk about, which is unacceptable and things like this podcast should be putting some pressure on the FA and the likes of, is that winning teams from Sunday's third round draw got £1,250 each, which for some of them means if they got drawn away two matches, two rounds in a row, they could be in a deficit. That should not be happening in the women's game, should it? Compared to £135,000 in the third round for men's clubs.
2: Well, I think what's been shown now with the WSL is that you can't, to get the game to actually start making money and bringing in revenue, you Kind of have to outlay a fair bit of cash to begin with. It's the same; it's the pay parity in Australia now. So all the commercial value of all the competitions is thrown into one and then dispersed equally. And I think maybe that's something that the FA should start to consider. I know they're saying because the FA, the Men's Cup generates its own revenue, but you know what? You know, if you start from the top going down and you give a platform and better quality and better prize money, then you'll see that will filter down anyway. Yeah. So it's, rather it's than rather ever... than keeping it separate, I know we're.
1: Oh, well, the prize the prize pot needs to be more. They're in a catch mm. twenty two because yeah, was it was it twenty five thousand
2: grand yeah, that Tom said for the winner for the winners. yeah. So if
1: they announce that as any less than twenty five, yeah. I can understand why they've put it top heavy, haven't yeah.
2: they? Yeah, I, I actually, I think I'm more concerned by the fact that they can't find a sponsor. Yeah. Yes, like that. I, I, I am think I think in women's football is such a good commodity, such a good product. We've had a fantastic twenty nineteen with the Women's World Cup. How Is there no one, no sponsors out there that want to put their money to the Women's FA Cup competition? Particularly as
0: Barclays came in with 10 million quid for the WSL what's going on there what's going on there um, who knows perhaps a slight hangover in yeah. the game tightening of budgets um, mm-hmm. I hope it is resolved soon uh, we must talk about uh, this coming weekend in the WSL just a very small fixture to talk about first off ladies and that's Arsenal <laughs> versus Chelsea mm-hmm. I'll be there uh, so
2: of course of I'll us, be there i will be there. be there I'll be on Viv Watch. I, you can be on yeah, Watch. <laughs> yeah. uh, either side either <laughs> end of it the... this is a huge fixture not just yeah but, I mean huge fixture but I'm just really looking forward to seeing two fantastic Teams yeah. going at it because this is this is what we want to start showcasing in women's football. These type of games, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be all out attack. I can't see can't see Emma being overly conservative in her approach because she's got such a strong strike force, and also you know she's got Millie Bright at the back. Who I'm just like I'm loving Millie Bright these days. Like I'd have her in my team every day of the week. Like just it'll be
0: interesting. In terms of tactics, because I think yeah. it, it'll basically be whichever manager out tactics the other one, right? Well, you've implied that there may be an outscoring here. Who can
1: outscore <laughs> yes, the other so one? Yes,
2: it'll be 9-8. Um, no, <laughs> even talk, even talking to Emma at Kings Meadow, she was saying Joe tactically has got the better of her in the last couple of, in, you know, in previous encounters and... She didn't give away too much, but she just said she's you it's something that she's really got to have Mm. a think about. So do they take a conservative approach to begin with and then see how the game, you know, contain Arsenal and then try and work their way into the game? But I think naturally both of these teams, as soon as they win possession, their first thought is to go forward and to break quickly.
1: Who's got the better defence? Because that could be what it comes down to. And the better goalkeeper.
2: Gosh, wow. See, even that, I think they're really comparable. I don't want to sit on the fence for this, but... It's great that I think there's going to be, it's going to, uh, I don't know, Lindsay. I've, I'm going to sit on the fence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
2: And that's the
0: pickout tie from uh, this weekend's fixtures in the WSL. Let's move on to Conti Cup because we are fast approaching our deadline on this show in terms of time. All the action on Wednesday night holders Man City travel to Sheffield United. Chelsea welcome Aston Villa to Kings Meadow. Arsenal host Reading and Manchester United come up against Brighton to round us off.
1: Let's move on to any other business. Alicia, get involved with this one. I'm going to start by putting you on the spot. The BBC's reporting that Australian international Caitlin Ford is set to join Arsenal. Any truth, do you think, in this one? Yes, I You're believe nodding. so. <gasps> yes, I believe so. It's,
2: um, it's a pretty strong possibility. I don't think she'll... She'll come before the Olympic qualifiers at the start of February, but from from what I've heard, it's what will Caitlin
0: not... Ford bring to Arsenal and the WSL?
2: Oh gosh, more firepower up front, basically. It'll be, I think, she's going <laughs> to have another one, another one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how when she does come, if she does come, uh, Joe fits her in, and I think she will have to work quite hard to get a place in that team because they they are stacked at the moment. You've got, you know, Dan Vanderdonk who kind of drifts out yeah. wide. And then I'm Caitlin, t- Caitlin in- tends to play in one of those wider areas as a as a forward. I mean, but she is so versatile. I've seen her play at right back. I've seen her play left back. I've seen her play in midfield. She can play anywhere.
1: Mm. I'm thinking of booking a holiday to Australia because it's going to okay, bring great. the prices of flights <laughs> down, all this toon and froing in <laughs> Uh Go to some part
0: next. Yes, that's right. Everton's ground is going to play host to the WSL Merseyside derby next month. The historic clash between Everton and Liverpool will take place Sunday 9th of Feb. It's the second meeting of the two teams um, to be hosted at a first team stadium that follows Everton's 1-0 victory in front of a derby crowd of 23,500 at Anfield in November. And good news north of the border. Celtic announced last week that the women's first team
1: is moving to professional status for the first time. Always music to our ears. Gordon Kay, Celtic's head of business development, said that while we realise reaching the top spot in Scotland may not happen overnight, we always want to be the best in all we do. And this is absolutely something we aspire to do. So could they become the PSG of Scotland?
0: (laughs) That's that's a very interesting uh, concept. Uh, Finally, great news for former Arsenal manager Laura Harvey, confirmed as new under-20 head coach. This happened uh, nearly a week ago now for USWNT. Fantastic news for Laura who's been managing over in the States since 2012. She took charge of Seattle Reign for the inaugural NWSL season and then, of course, uh, headed up the Utah Royals in 2018. You wanted her somewhere.
2: I've wanted Laura Harvey to be our coach for quite a while, actually. Australia? Yeah, for like Australia. Yeah, for Australia yeah, I think I tried to contact her previously. You tried team. to set it up. <laughs> yeah, but she, she, was at, she was at Seattle Alicia then. Alicia Ferguson. She, yeah, I know. Yeah, Match, agent to the stars. Yes, yes. um, but, um, yeah, she she was at Seattle at that point and, and again she wanted to continue coaching on a daily basis rather than taking a national team job which I think is always the difficulty but yeah I would have loved to see Laura well, in charge Well now she's gone and taken a
0: national team. But I know. There's, there's a really interesting connection here. Um, when she left Seattle she put forward her replacement who was Vlatko Andonovsky. Mm. Where's Vladko Andonovsky? Now he's the head coach at US Women's Soccer ah. so perhaps one, one favour repaying another but it will be interesting to see how Laura gets on uh, in that national setup. Speaking of favours can we get Alicia back when? Sam Kerr scored her first goal. <laughs> yeah.
2: Can we? I'll be back. We're I just at be back. on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay.
0: Well, that's all from this week's show. We'll be back with more next week, as ever. Plenty of reaction uh, to that massive top of the table clash between Arsenal and Chelsea.
1: And just another reminder in case you missed it, check out Jill Scott, now MBE's exclusive on your WSL feed. She discussed life after World Cup disappointment, uh, her determination to prove people wrong and if she were a dog what dog she would be. I can see that you're interested, Alicia. I can (laughs) see that. Uh, It's all the important stuff covered and also on the website
0: Stu Barker's comprehensive FA Cup third round roundup. Uh, Martin White leads a look at Barcelona's extraordinary run at the top of the Primera Division Feminina and we've also got WSL roundup from Jessie Parker Humphreys is there too.
1: Alicia, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. And listeners will speak to you again next week. Bye
2: bye. You've been listening to the Offside Rule WSL edition, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com. And for more from the Offside Rule, head to our website, offsiderulepodcast.com. Marini's Media.